Welcome to the SPE Podcast, powered by the Society of Petroleum Engineers. You're listening to SPE Live, generalist versus specialist, winner doesn't do it all. The audio from this episode was previously recorded on October 30th, 2023. And now your moderator, Indira Sarpali. Welcome to this SPE Live, Influencers in Subsurface Engineering. My name is Indira Saripali. I'm Reservoir Engineer at Oxy, and I'll be your moderator today. Today's SPE Live will last 30 minutes. We encourage you to ask questions throughout this event. We are excited to host our four 2023 energy influencers selected by the way ahead for outstanding technical, entrepreneurial, and service contributions by young professionals. It's now my pleasure to introduce our guests. Akos Kiss is our first guest. Akos is a senior expert production technologist at OMV Exploration and Production and Integrity Team in Austria. He has worked in Austria, Romania, Tunisia, and New Zealand in workover operations. He holds a master's degree in petroleum engineering from the Mining University, Lieben, and a bachelor's degree in earth science engineering from the University of Miskolc. Our next guest is Barsha Deka. Barsha is an assistant professor in the Department of Petroleum Engineering at Presidency University, Bengaluru, India. Deka holds B.Tech and M.Tech degrees in Petroleum Engineering. And uh, she holds a joint Ph.D. in Petroleum Engineering and Chemical Engineering from IIT uh, Dhanbad and Curtin University, Australia, respectively. Our next guest is Gabriel Grubeck. Gabriel is a senior engineer at Blade Energy Partners, where he focuses on stimulation and completion projects across unconventional, conventional, and deep geothermal projects. He holds bachelor's degree and master's degree in petroleum engineering from the University of Wyoming and from the University of Belgrade, respectively. Tarek Negam is our last but not the least uh, speaker. He is Tarek is a project leader in the field of computational fluid dynamics at the University of Alberta. He's a mechanical engineering specializing in thermofluid and CFD. He holds a PhD in thermofluid computational fluid dynamics from the University of Galway. Tarek, Akos, Barsha, and Gabriel, welcome to this SPE Live. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hello. Hello. All right. So we start with this exciting event. And Akos, we'll start with you. Um, you have worked across various domains in production engineering, varying from generalist role to specialization in artificial lift designs. Do you consider yourself a generalist or a specialist? Yeah, thank you very much for the question and also welcome everyone from my side. Thanks for the invitation. Um, so the short answer would be, Currently, I consider myself as a, as a generalist. I, I although, you know, I, I started as a specialist um, when I started my career because 
the idea was that uh, I will be trained and I will develop myself into a, a stimulation expert uh, because in, in, in one of our companies in OMV Petrom, there are just so many, uh, you know, they did so many great technical jobs. They did, really did uh, multilateral, multi-stage high-pressure stimulation jobs. They did the multi-stage refrag job, frag packs, foam acidizing jobs, just to mention a couple of these exciting uh, uh, jobs. Uh, but I have to admit that at the time when I when I would have come to the point to to join the team, I just uh, the 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 need from the company really changed, and then there was a, a need more for being a generalist, and then I started to deal with uh, more uh, you know uh, workover planning, weather intervention planning, artificial lift system designs, and so on. So basically, the company needs also changed my career path and currently I would consider myself as a, as a generalist. What I would also highlight is, um, you know, just uh, the importance of a hands-on experience, so regardless which career path you choose uh, or, or regardless which to which group you belong to, uh, what's, what's really important really is, is um, be open for the other discipline and then you can easily change from one or the other because if you have really you know been there seen that done, done that um then you would be able to contribute to, to 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 each discipline right so that's that's my point of view on that yeah thank you so much that was a great um overview um Barsha, we'll come next to you you have such an extensive research experience in the field of flow assurance this is a niche field what prompted you to choose a research-oriented career hello everyone first of all a huge thanks to sp international for the recognition of energy influencer 2023 and also for giving us this platform to share our views i am associated with the flow assurance research area since last eight years and i have extensively performed research work in developing chemical additives for wells deposition prevention and gas added formation prevention during pipeline transportation in the mature fields, due to enhanced soil recovery operations, the water flooding causes increase of water fraction and subsequent water in oil emulsion formation that leads to complexity of the different uh, flow assurance strategy that are implemented in the field. And also about two thirds of the world's daily oil production is coming from the mature field. Hence, the flow assurance plays an important role and that is what motivated me to do research in this area. Flow assurance is a niche field and it requires attention as uh, one strategy or a single strategy may not be applicable for the production life from a well. I really enjoy working in this area as the development of different types of chemical additives also depends on the physical chemical properties of the crude oil, which varies from field to field. In the flow assurance area, one of the breakthrough research performed by my research team is uh, the development of different types of quantum dots that we are using as low doses hydrate inhibitors, and they are showing some great performance in the laboratory scale, but we are yet to test on some pilot scale or in the industry. And also currently I'm performing research to address the wax deposition and gas hydrate formation, uh, combating simultaneously with some dual function inhibitors. Thank you. Great. Thank you. We'll come back with two more questions. Uh, but next is Gabrielle. Um, you have worked in completions technology in onshore and offshore fields and across multiple countries. Do you consider yourself a generalist or a specialist? And specifically, what advice you might have for listeners in their in making career choices? 
Thank you. Thank you for that question. Thank you for having us here today. Uh, I'd say based on my background and the jobs that I've done in the past and I currently do, I lean more on the specialist side in terms of stimulation and completion. But I do want to mention, and I'm sure all of you have heard uh, that sentence, you know, being a jack of all trades and a master of none. And in this case is, you know, balancing the generalist versus specialist uh, outlook. Back in the past, I had experience in Europe working uh, in a integrated project to understand how important it was of what the input is and what the output is to what you're actually doing. So if you're in stimulation, essentially you do want to talk to the drilling team, you do want to talk to the geology team, to the reservoir engineers, um, to the production engineers themselves, you know, as Akush mentioned earlier, uh, on the artificial lift side. So understanding the full picture in order to do your job better so you can be a specialist but it's super important to understand what are the ins and outs of what you're doing in order to increase the efficiency, actually, of what you're delivering to a project or to the company itself. In terms of career um, and advice, I've, I've been saying this in the past and I, I stand by it. I think it's super important to do what, what you like and enjoy. You probably have heard this a lot of time, but it seriously is like that. If you enjoy having hands-on experience, you should pursue a position like that, maybe with service companies out there. If you enjoy theory, um, research, working PhD projects, uh, R&D uh, departments of the companies, you can pursue that. Essentially, it's all open. At this point in time, oil and gas and geothermal energy and all other forms of energy, there's a lot of opportunities out there. I think just diversify your portfolio. Um, try not to be a super specialist in one thing without having to understand the bigger picture. And, uh, and pick something that actually drives you, drives you to go to work or essentially work work at it virtually. So yeah, that, that would be my two cents. Thank you, that was great advice. Um, Tarek, uh, we have you next. Um, you have worked extensively in CFD as well as uh, with specialized applications in heavy oil uh, fields, diverse applications in AC design and building management. This is an excellent example of applications of a super specialty skill set across various disciplines. What advice do you have for our listeners when making career choices as a specialist versus gen generalist? Yeah, uh, thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you. It's a, it's a very good question, actually. And uh, simply my answer will be, I would advise our listener to follow their passion. At the same time, to keep an eye on the evolving job market. So when you when you when you choosing between being a specialist or a generalist, it's important to consider uh, what is truly exciting you. If you have a deep interest in a particular field or domain, especially can be specialist or specializing can be incredibly rewarding, enabling you to become an expert in that area, making a significant impact and potentially enjoy and more focused in forthcoming career. On the other hand. If you, if you, um, if you have a, a broad range of interest and enjoying learning and adapting to different challenges, being a journalist might be the right choice. The right choice. Um, generalists uh, often uh, thrive in dynamic and multidisciplinary environment where they can apply their skills across um, various domains and take it and take on uh, diverse rules. For example, uh, I would like to talk about myself, for example. I made my decision to pursue an uh, academic career 
and uh, focusing on field on engineering, uh, no, um, uh, notably in mechanical engineering. Because I believe research and development in this area will help address critical uh, needs in my country back home in Gaza and Palestine, enhancing the prospect of industry and thus affect the everyday uh, lives of people. So, uh, so this perspective, um, it was, it was always uh, at the at the at the forefront of my thoughts, and this is what motivates me, because uh, I realize that um, uh, only education and knowledge and experts could change the shape of my homeland country. Quite Nelson Mandela said, "Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world." End of the uh, end of the quote. So know that inspiring people to learn in a positive and open-minded could be a huge step toward minimizing the gap between culture, countries, and faith. Talking about the second point, keeping an eye on the evolving job market, um, the, the the domain or for uh, or the demand for specialists can can vary depend on uh, industrial trends and technological ad, 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 um uh, advancement. It's essential to stay informed about the job opportunity, about the industrial uh, trend and technology advancement, and to in, and to uh, to assist uh, how your skill align with these opportunities. Lately or lastly, the decision of uh, pursue the PhD uh, uh, for jobs in oil and gas industry or any industry for matter for for, for that matter should be. Uh, well thought out. A PhD can open doors uh, to specialized role and research position, but it is uh, it is a, sus a sustainable uh, commitment in terms of time and effort. It is essential to weight the the benefit uh, of a PhD against your career goals and uh, specific requirement of the industry you want to enter. Seek ad seek uh, uh, advice from professionals in your uh, chosen field and consider the potential uh, return on investment for a PhD. The key is to enjoy what you do and continue learning and growing in your chosen path. Thanks. Thank you, Tariq. At this point, we would encourage our audience to ask questions. We have our great influencers, so please go ahead and type your questions. But if not, we have a lot of questions for you. So, um, of course, we'll probably come, come back to you. Um, how does uh, the discussion of the generalists versus specialist career path differ in the context of energy transition? Yeah, I believe there is not so much difference, to be honest, compared to the core business, also the really core, hardcore oil and gas business. So you would still need both, right? I mean, you would need specialists. Uh, if you think about geothermal energy, you might want to have, you know, team members which who are really uh, professionals in, in, in ESP designs and selection and so on. And then you would still need uh, the generous people. So in my point of view, it doesn't differ too much. Yeah, you need both uh, as, as always, yeah. We have an excellent question from audience. Um, what is required to become a TWA energy influencer? We are inspired by all of you. I would like to know the answer to this. And maybe we can just start with Barasha and we'll go in the order. 
Okay. So, yeah, this is a very inspiring thing for us also. Uh, when we were nominated for TWA Energy Influencer, uh, I especially didn't expect to get it because, you know, my aim was not to get any award or recognition like that. I especially work in the oil and gas industry just to inspire the young professionals or my students so that they can become future uh, employees or professional in some oil and gas companies and can, you know, take the legacy of the organizations that they are giving to us, all of us. They are, you know, fulfilling the energy supply, energy demand of all the world, of all, of all the people in the world. So basically, just work for uh, the industry, just to be associated with SPE, get involved in uh, different oil and gas tasks and whatever the SPE is providing with us, then you can become an energy influencer next year. That's, that's very candid. Uh, Gabriel, what's your journey? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, the answer can be very subject subjective and in a million ways. I would say do good work. By that, I mean whether that's at your job, whether that's at the university, whether that is in your community, do something that you truly want to. Um, and when it comes back to education, to echo a little bit, Tarek's message, it's Education doesn't have to be just a four-year degree. It could just be you signing up for a course online, you wanting to change something about yourself. The moment you want to change something about yourself is the moment you start affecting people around you in a positive way, right? And once that effect takes place, you now start inspiring people. And and maybe, you know, they see an example in you and wanting to make a change in their life for the positive, for the better, right? So... To become a TW influencer, uh, I'd like to thank my nominator for being here today and for being chosen for that. But I would like to leave everyone with this message in terms of this question is that in order to inspire others, uh, you have to do work that inspires you. Because without that, without that drive, you won't be able to affect others in the community around you. So. Thank you. Um, I'll pause. We'll change uh, the question, change gear back to this uh, event again. So the next question from our uh, guest, from our audience, Sani Abdullahi Ahmed, is what are the pros and cons of generalist and specialist? Maybe we'll go to Akos back to you on this question. Yeah, I, I believe, you know, um, the pros of, of being a specialist is simply, uh, you know, you, you ultimately become uh, the number one expert in, in some field. So if there is a need for it, uh, you will be the first one who will be contacted. And this is also basically at the same time the disadvantage, because, you know, if there is no need for that special knowledge, you might be, uh, you know, placed on the on the side. So... I think it's it's an opportunity and a risk at the same time, yeah. And if you think about being a generalist, then uh, well, you will have you will develop you know broad uh, knowledge on different disciplines. So this could be universally used, and then uh, you will always find an opportunity. Uh, but again, when it comes to something really specific, you might not be the one who would be selected. So I think this yeah, that summarizes somehow. Thank you. Uh, we have our next question from Ina. And the question, maybe I'll, uh, this may be uh, for Tarek. 
Um, in the future, do you believe that companies will place a greater emphasis on seeking specialists or generalists? And I ask this special, specifically to you because you have a PhD. And so there must be some decision making uh, when you chose your PhD path. Uh, yeah, thank you. It's a hard question, honestly. <laughs> I would say it's really hard to know what the future always is, uh, uh, is looking for. And um, in general, if you are talking about oil and gas market, it, and especially let's, I would like to talk here about Canada, for example. The, the oil and gas, it's not stable, unfortunately. So uh, this year, maybe they are looking for people who is a specialist. The next year, maybe they, they might lay, lay, lay them off. Uh, the, uh, the year after, they might looking for um, a generalist, uh, junior people, even sometimes, and and so on. So it's always about uh, you need to you need to keep tracking the market. You need to tracking um, uh, what 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 the market uh, the market is looking for. In my in uh, in my opinion, I would always suggest that always keep an eye. Don't put yourself in a corner. Even if you are a specialist, always try to keep development and keep in touch with other applications and fields. And here, when you, you did the introduction, for example, yes, I'm a specialist in the CFD, but I'm still, for example, uh, working in a different areas like uh, water, water desalination, like oil and gas, uh, like HVAC systems, like in nuclear applications. And recently, I'm looking for working in, um, uh, in biomedical applications so 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 try not to put yourself in a corner because talking again about oil and gas it's really the market changing and and you don't want to be in a position that you are sticking in just a corner and you cannot find any other opportunity so just try to be active and try to be also one of my advice to everyone here also try to be involved in societies like for example spe society it's always a very good society to keep you networking and to keep you involved in a lot of um, uh, in, in what's, for example, what the technology is up to date, what's the company is they are looking for, and so on. And this is really draw your path for being uh, in a specialist or even journalist. Yeah. Thank you. You does the right chord, I would say. Um, Gabriel, the next question is for you. And because you have been involved in so much of mentoring, I think you, you'll probably be able to give uh, more light on this. This is a question from Laura Rios. Um, do you think it is natural that new graduates feel the need to become specialists before they can migrate to a more generalist role? Thank you for that question, Laura. Um, yeah, in a sense, I do believe it would be a, a, a positive thing to start as a specialist in a certain domain uh, because of one concept, and that concept is competition. If you start off as a generalist, and this is my opinion, is the competition pool is a lot bigger. While it is fun to compete with others, I think it can become a little more challenging to get the job that you're actually shooting for. So starting off as a specialist uh, in one domain and becoming good at it and then expanding and learning other concepts along the path, I think would be, in my eyes, the most, let's say, efficient way of, of educating and enhancing your skills in your career. And then tied to that, now that you mentioned it, uh, Indira, you talked about mentoring. I cannot stress enough how important that is, is finding someone out there that can share their perspective with you, whether that's job related, life related, um, society and community related, ask the questions, go out there and ask for help. 
Rarely will someone say, uh, hey, you know, don't bother me with questions. So try to find somebody that can give you some some guidance in your choices and not make the decisions for you because nobody can do that. But they can show you perspectives of what kind of decisions you could make. And then you make your own decisions and, you know, bear the consequences of them. But at least you have a bigger picture of what's out there in terms of your career choices. Great. And actually, we'll keep you on the screen because the next question, I think, is an extension to this previous question. It's from Sani Abdullahi Ahmed. Um, one starts as a specialist, obviously. At what point do you start becoming a generalist? That, that is a very good question. I think that's also very subjective. Um, and it depends on the type of job you do. If I tie it to my experience, I think it took me about three years uh, doing the uh, field work that I did in stimulation to feel that I was competent enough to run jobs by myself and then start branching out in different areas, right? So it's it depends on what you do. It depends on the timing because time is a relative thing. What I can do in three years, maybe somebody can do in two, right? So don't take that as a hard, uh, as a hard yes or no, right? I think you will know yourself when you feel comfortable at what you're doing. You got to keep growing in that domain because you're never really a specialist 100%. You always, there's always something new. There's always some innovation, right? At that moment that you feel comfortable running the job by yourself and making your own decisions without having that fear, then I think it's time for you to start branching out and, uh, you know, learning other domains that are closely related to what you do or that, you know, spark the interest. Great. Thank you. And the next question is actually for everyone. And Barsha, maybe we can start from your uh, comments. Uh, this is from Linka Launa. Um, the question is, uh, how do you see the future of energy industry evolving in terms of technology and innovation? And what opportunities do you foresee for young professionals entering the field? So maybe you can start off with, uh, Barsha, you can start off with your field specifically, and then we can go around the table. Yes, yes. The uh, point is that the future of the energy industry is evolving. Currently, we all are facing an energy transition phase. We all are in an energy transition phase right now. So, but the point is that without having any fundamentals of the conventional oil and gas industry or the different operations that are currently ongoing, so we cannot move to energy transition. So basically, uh, the future energy industry is evolving, but the most important inclusion is the part of you know digital digital part inclusion the application of artificial intelligence the application of machine learning then different uh, development of different simulators all these are you know the current uh, requirement for the oil and gas industry in order to you know move forward and the second part is the opportunities that uh, we see for the young professionals so the opportunities are huge at present uh, we cannot deny the uh, role of the conventional oil and gas in our current world. So we cannot uh, move forward by leaving current oil and gas uh, application in our you know day-to-day -day life. So we have to move forward with oil and gas. So the conventional application or you know the application of the digital part or the energy transition, all these are you know the fresh opportunities for the young professional at this moment. Great. And maybe, Tarek, if you can uh, answer the question as well, um, and then we can move to the last question after this. Um, uh, this so, is, yes. yeah, go ahead, sure. Tarek. Sure. Well, this is actually a really uh, very big question 
because here we're talking about energy in general. So recently I was um, attending uh, the WCP, the World Petroleum Congress in Calgary. And this, is, this was a question of that Congress. What energy or, or what's next? So most of people were mentioned that they are looking for uh, now um, building or, or thinking about another way of providing energy in terms of using a renewable energy, for example. So, so this market or this field actually is going to get bigger and bigger in Middle East, in, in, in America, in, in South America, and so on. So the, the people are trying now to build, uh, for example, solar collectors. They, they try to use uh, even hydrogen and so on. But continuing what uh, my colleague just mentioned, uh, that yes, people nowadays, they are looking for AI, for machine learning, for, um, uh, for uh, computational modeling as well. And all of those things they are, they're looking for, especially because sometimes the industry is looking for answers immediately without waiting for, uh, go to the field and do the experiment, for example. So those new, um, a, a new, a new technologies, it's going to help people to address and to get answers uh, very fast and with pretty much low cost. I, want, I don't want to say zero cost, with a very low cost. And uh, this, is, this is, at the moment, I think this is the, this is the, the key for, uh, for the future, is, is it tracking the AI and the machine learning, I would say. Great. Thank you. There are more exciting questions, but unfortunately, we hit our time limit. Um, but I thank thanks the panel for their excellent advice. I think my greatest takeaway for our audience is uh, be true to yourself, follow your heart and keep your options open. Keep looking out. SP is a great platform to get involved get yourself out there, ask for questions, ask for help. Um, so I, with that note, I think uh, we will thank you all and the audience for their excellent participation. I wish we had more time and ask all the questions we had, uh, but this will be for today. Um, so thank you everyone and thank you SP for this great opportunity for this discussion. Thanks for listening to the SPE Live podcast. For more content, visit the SPE Energy Stream, the industry's digital pulse at streaming.spe.org. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and review. Join us next time on the SPE Live podcast.